0: Hi, my name is Tsitsi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of enterprising families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families we are going to be speaking about restoring the family after the storm. As we all know When we are family and working together, we have that combination of the business system as well as the family system, and sometimes the overlap can cause tension and it can cause conflict. How do we restore our families after we've gone through the storm of tension and conflict and probably infighting among ourselves? And to discuss this topic, I have with me Eva Vatten, and we are going to be unpacking it's based on an article that I completely love that she wrote for the FFI. Welcome Eva.
1: Thank you so much Chitsi it's a delight to be here with you. And
0: before we jump into our conversation for, day, for today, I would like you to introduce yourself to my audience so that they get to know who you are.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, my name is Eva Vatel. Uh, I'm based in Helsinki, Finland, uh, one of the Nordic countries we have. Uh, I'm a third generation family business owner. Uh, we are very few owners, uh, currently a bit over 10 owners. Uh, I also, I'm also an entrepreneur, a first generation entrepreneur, doing, helping other family businesses, uh, coaching them, consulting them, helping with communication. Uh, and a mother to three lovely grown-up daughters and happily married no pets <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have pets that's the biggest difference we I have pets and yeah I think you they they, they take their own special sort of conflict in families <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> so Eva our topic today is restoring the family after the storm can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write the article and just a a, a little overview of the article itself.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, A very great and profound question actually. Uh, What motivated me, I think I have to go back to my own experiences, it's uh, I I haven't experienced that we had had enough conversations uh, from the second to the third generation uh, as we stepped into the roles at one point of time. And uh, it caused some, uh, some issues later on as, as we were heading the company as a third generation. So that's probably uh, one of the triggers that I'm uh, in the first place interested in family communication in family businesses. And then uh, another thing is that whilst I'm helping family businesses, and I've been doing some uh, co-work with Coopers as well, many times it's not the legal issues, but it's the discussions or the missing discussions that are causing most of the problems when you start defining the, the governance for the family business But the latest trigger for this article was actually uh, studies that I've been doing or uh, another set of studies uh, in mediation. So I realized that I could be helping uh, the family businesses as a mediator much more, not just as a coach uh, and a consultant. So that was probably... Uh, the, the reason why I wrote the article. And why about restoring after storming? It's because uh, I'm very uh, fascinated about the mediate- mediation style called restorative mediation, where, where you can actually restore, or the emphasis or is on restoring the relationships, uh, even after storms.
0: And when you're looking at storms, and you've you've shared the fact that you you've seen families go through storms, you've experienced storms yourself. What do you think uh, what, what do you think brings the storms? What usually you because I'm thinking of the analogy of a storm. Sometimes you have storms that seem like they happen all of a sudden, but we all know that. You see the clouds forming, you see it brewing, and then suddenly it breaks out and there's rain and there's cold and everything that comes with it. As families, how, what are the telltale signs of storms that are coming towards us?
1: Mm. What a great question. Uh, well, usually as I start doing my work with other family businesses, I always do the tenogram first because uh, usually uh, what you see is uh, certain patterns of behavior. Certain patterns of uh, repeated rituals or traditions or ways to communicate or uh, missing communication patterns. And uh, that tells a whole lot about the family as such. And usually, I think the storms uh, originate from the fact that uh, there are undealt issues at some point of time. And then there is a triggering moment, uh, for example, an Economical situation, uh, not doing so well financially, uh, either long term or short term, uh, or sudden uh, happenings in the family, a sudden death or or a divorce, whatever, uh, something sudden or unexpected happening as a trigger. And then all of a sudden, these little things that are undealt with can be little things that become even bigger things as they are undealt with uh, earlier in the past. Mm. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but... <laughs> yes,
0: I, I think you did. I think you did very clearly because we tend to feel like we want to protect family members, even when we, um, when the little things happen. We tend to be like, oh, we'll deal with it another day or it's, it's, it's not that important right now. And this in itself... Um, allows the the storm to get bigger it allows those clouds to to continue gathering and then depending on when it breaks that's when you know what the size of the storm is and so Mm -hmm. um, exactly what you said is is what's important looking at the small things that that agitate us and that irritate us and starting to try to to work through them in your experience how does somebody who's feeling um, that there there is this um, issue that is not being discussed and it could be from a business level where you're probably working with a sibling, a parent, and you're feeling the way they are doing something is is not appropriate or um, is repetitively damaging for the business. How do you go to them and try to explain it to them because that's where conflict usually comes from where one person sees things differently from another person. And when it's then put to the table, there might be also a feeling of, I am being judged for the way I do things or um, who is this person to come to me? If it's a child, I raised you. So why are you challenging mm-hmm. me? How, how do you broach the subject? How do you, when you see the cloud forming say, right, I need to put this on the table.
1: Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Another great question. Uh, Well, first of all, I wish I had known how to do that when I had the same problem (laughs) as the next gen. (laughs) Next, member, I didn't, and I think uh, you raised something very important. I think the the trickiest part is when you have intergenerational stuff to be mm-hmm. deal to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never easy because there is also this uh, respect issues and traditions and uh, upbringing and and all that that comes into the picture. Mm-hmm. But had I known how to do it, uh, I think. The best thing would be just to reflect to your own emotions. Uh, I usually, uh, I I often use uh, the framework of nonviolent communication with with the companies that I'm dealing with. So seeing the situation as an observer, taking some distance to the whole thing and, and trying to be very neutral and seeing that, hey, something is happening here, something is in the air. Usually if something is uh, wandering you or agitating you or or making you feel very, very awkward, it is a feeling and a feeling is just information that some of the needs that you have are not met, either met or not met. But uh, usually if if the feelings are more to the negative side, something is not fulfilled. And uh, as a mediator uh, I, and as a coach, I usually try to get to the bottom of the needs. What are the needs that actually are not uh, met at that point of time? And uh, try to keep uh, a comp- compassionate way of uh, a compassionate dialogue among the members or, of that conflict, or, or, or even if it's not a conflict yet, but something is going on. It asks for uh, courage to bring things up. But as long as you are referring to your own emotions and your own needs and and just making a request that is this something that we could be discussing, then at least it's a starting point. Nobody can accuse you of your own feelings. Uh, So that would probably be a starting point. Mm, mm,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And (laughs) Coming from a next gen perspective, um, I'm sure your experience w- would be invaluable in placing the energy or the relationships that next gens usually have with current gens. Um, it's especially family businesses that have been around for a long time. You have your current gens who have been building the business or contributing to the business who feel like I have done this for a long time, I understand this business. And then you also have the next-gen perspective where you've also grown up watching this business grow. And at the same time, you are um, the future because you see Mm -hmm. the growing trends, the moving trends. And as much as we don't like to accept it, With each generation, there is a shift in some way. How did you navigate that shift, that communication building between the generation that was there and what they had built and you as a next gen coming in, trying to appreciate what has been done, but also add your voice to the conversation that's already going on and the excitement as well, because there's excitement that I'm going to carry my family's legacy forward. Um, Mm. And
1: then facing sometimes resistance. Uh, Well, it was not easy and uh, to my experience. And and, uh, what happened in my case was that we were in the middle of an owner strategy process when our father passed away very suddenly. So we were left uh, left with a situation that uh, triggered a whole lot of other, other other issues. So we never, I never really had a chance to communicate uh, to the point that you were just describing. And I think, uh, and if I had that, I think it still would have been the same issue. Uh, that I'm facing in many of the companies that I'm helping today it's this issue of how to balance uh, how to balance the, the traditions and the inheritance with the the demand for renewal that next gen brings to the picture and I suppose uh, as our father passed away so suddenly so I was mainly facing the next next-gen challenges with the management that was uh, uh, hired by my father, uh, the CFO, the the all, all the key people they were fi- hired by my father, and of course, I mean they were inclined to do things as my father would have done mm-hmm. uh, instead of uh, me coming as a young blonde uh, female manager owner trying to trying to get things uh, on my own wishes true or, or at least feed them a little bit of you know. Seeds to something new, but that was not very easy. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's two different cultures colliding, mm-hmm. uh, and somehow, in the best of worlds, uh, I would welcome a discussion where where everything is put on the table, and then you you look you look at what you have, and I think everybody needs to give in f- f- in in some things. So what are you? What are you prepared to let go as a as a previous generation, and what is there to keep and respect and kind of keep as a core to the next generation to be served to preserve uh, as a as a united core? Mm-hmm. So very dif- very difficult, and I think this issue is also like all the happy families uh, unlucky families are all unlucky in their own ways i think it's also the communication is very different from one company to another
0: mm-hmm. and i i like the way that um, you shared your experience and were able to unpack it in a visible um, picture because I know how difficult it is um, being a next-gen myself to, especially with those individuals that work for the business and are not part of family. And there's always an assumption, especially when it comes to next-gens that they're only here because they own the company. And um, it takes a lot more to gain that respect, as well as um, that, uh, what can I say, smooth working relationship and and showing these people that I am competent. I am here because I am competent. How do you, um, what would you advise next gens um, from what you've just shared and um, them looking to join family businesses because, um, and focusing primarily on, their relationship with their business system because with the family system we already know there's that expectation of you're going to join the family business but with the business system how would you advise next gen tackle resistance or even storms within the business system with non-family members who are presumptive that you're there not on merit but because you're part of the family
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, if uh, if I had been the younger version of myself, I I would have uh, been much more careful with the expectation management of myself. You know, what is it that uh, I would probably need as an extension member? Who am I as a person? Uh, what kind of st- support being very vulnerable as well and showing that i'm not here to teach you but i'm here to learn uh, and what kind of support uh, you might be welcoming as a next gen i think it's uh, it's kind of balancing with uh, uh, some degree of humbleness but also not being uh, not hiding uh, oneself away completely so it's Uh, showing that okay this is who I am, Uh, I'm welcoming any support but this is also I expect from you that uh, I'd like to be treated as everybody else Uh, but then again family businesses are different, sometimes the next gens are favoured in in certain things and sometimes not so uh, from both parties just having a very transparent discussion about what what are we expecting from each other and how can we support each other and how are we doing the follow-ups and and uh yeah yeah something like that Mm.
0: and how what what advice would you give to the current gens so these are the family members that are already in the family business and <laughs> they're trying to support um, the integration of the next gens. At the same time, um, you know, there's a mistrust that can come from employees who feel like I could have been promoted into a certain position or I could have been doing this better um, or feeling that there's favoring or leaning towards the next gen when in reality, it's, the truth is it is a family-owned business. And as family business owners or families that are building legacies in businesses and in spaces, we want to see our children, um, our next gen, um, take over the business, continue the legacy, continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as we might have skilled employees, um, it's the, to the interest of the family to instead prioritize skilled family members into those positions?
1: Uh, love your questions. Uh, I think that uh, what comes to my mind is uh, in, the, uh, in the perfect world, uh, I would be designing a uh, kind of owner competence uh, uh, process where you actually you need to define that, okay, what is it? If we want the legacy to continue, if we want this business to thrive, and if we want uh, family members to be, uh, to be uh, leading the business, so what kind of competencies uh, are we to have in place when the next gen jumps into their new roles? Mm-hmm. So making sure that they are equipped uh, with the right tools, uh, right capabilities, Right experience uh, and let them probably uh, uh, co-travel with somebody else uh, in the in the business once they are before they are stepping into the new roles. So I'm not for nepotism in any way. Uh, almost on the contrary, because I've seen what nepotism can do uh, for the uh, uh, what is self-confidence of the next chance. So it can be really. It can have devastating effects if you're just given a role without any requirements on, on, on the competencies or education needed to, to succeed in that role. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much for a clear process uh, that for the owners to go through and and so and, and a fair process uh, that all the possible potential owners interested in any position can, uh, can be participating and that's another thing. It's not, it's not only providing the uh, the process for the, the competence process, it's also a big question of motivation. So it doesn't really help if you, as a present uh, generation uh, representative, just uh, ensure that there is a process in place if the motivation is missing. So you need to make sure that, that the applicants that are interested that they are truly interested and they're willing to do willing to take on the role as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely so now looking at um, recovering and rebuilding let's say tensions have been there um, from either side and we are now restoring the family because at the end of the day um, relationships that we forge through families are the strongest that we ever will have in, in our lifetimes. And they are essentially the most important to most people. And it's, it's preferable to maintain the family strength and the family togetherness, than um, to see families um, having conflicts that don't allow them to then come back to the dinner table and um, remember the love that they, uh, they share as a, as a group. How do we restore? How do we maintain those relationships and remind the family that the conversation of our relationship is always more important than um, whatever conflict we've had to face?
1: Mm. Uh... It's a tough one. Uh, I think the willingness has to come from the from the family business. So it's uh, it, there really needs to be the urge has to come from there, mm-hmm. and if the urge is big enough, uh, then I truly think that if the conflict is is there for some time, I think you do need a third party uh, intervention at at some point of time, and. Uh, How I would go about it is, is first of all, really let the people or the ones involved uh, or owning the conflict, so to say, to speak out and tell about their interpretation of the whole situation. The the funny thing is that I always, uh, or very often uh, face with, is that, especially in bigger families where there are big age differences among siblings, the version that the eldest uh, eldest child has of a situation can be very different from the version of the youngest child. So Mm. their worlds can be very different from the same situation. Mm. So starting from the understanding of, okay, what has happened? What is their version? What had they needed uh, in that situation? And once all those... um, understandings are clear to the mediator then I would just pull everybody to the same table without forcing them to okay you have to apologize the other party or you you have to compromise or or no feelings around not like that but very very uh, empathetically uh, and with uh, much compassion just Slowly building back the trust and trying to look at the whole situation from distance, uh, very impartially, uh, calmly, patiently, uh, and then try to find a new kind of lens to the whole situation. Because usually people, they start loving their lenses when they have them too long. So it's very hard for them to change their lens uh, uh, unless there is an intervention from a third party. But it all, all comes down to the willingness of the parties to resolve the whole thing. If there is no willingness, there is no way either. So, uh, and that I've also seen that, OK, there is a conflict. And we have accepted. There is a conflict. I don't even want to talk to this person, you know, not even in the future. And then you just have to accept it. But the only thing I can do as a coach or consultant and say that as long as you are continuing this way, you will have the other problems probably as well in the business system, because everything, it's like contaminating. The the systems can contaminate each other if you don't solve the issues. So...
0: Absolutely. Thank you once again, Eva, for joining me today and um, allowing us to unpack this intricate um, yet necessary topic. Is there any final words of advice you would like to give families around um, continuing to navigate these storms and at the same time prioritizing the importance of um, the reason why they do the work that they do and the reasons why they have the businesses they have, as well as family?
1: Well, maybe or uh, a calming voice that uh, you shouldn't be uh, afraid of storms. I think they are also possibilities to, to restore something. Maybe you, you end up in some new waters and, and uh, can take a new uh, direction or a new journey to somewhere else. So I wouldn't be afraid. It's all about having a fruitful dialogue uh, together. So I wouldn't be afraid of storms. It's it might actually be a good thing that uh, the whole thing comes up to the surface if it's a smaller conflict or a bigger one, but taking it up to the surface and let it storm.
0: <laughs> I love that let it storm. Thank you so much Eva.
1: Okay, you're welcome. It was nice talking to you.